The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. So happy to have you with us. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Our host, as always, is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and Percy, we have a great guest coming up today. We're going to learn a lot from this gentleman. Yeah, he's going to inspire us around his journey and his path as so many of the uh, people that we speak to around how he worked through the dynamic of being told he had cancer. And then he did something about that and changed uh, the course of how he reacted and what he's now doing with people to support them. Yeah, the core message today, it is possible to live with cancer and have stronger faith at the same time. Yes, sir, so, it is. You know that well, don't you? Yes, sir. You've seen it over and over again. Absolutely. That which doesn't kill you makes you stronger, as they <laughs> say. And I think that that is so true with regard to a cancer experience. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast health, hope, and inspiration. We're so encouraged by the large number of people who are uh, downloading this program and listening to us faithfully. We have a very faithful following, and I want to say also thank you for your faithfulness, and thank you for encouraging others to become part of the health, hope, and inspiration family. We will uh, get to our guests in a moment, but we have a resource that is uh, pretty unique. It's called Managing the Cost of Cancer Care. This is one of those practical issues that comes up. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of emotional um, thoughts that come with cancer diagnosis, but one of the practical things is how are you going to pay for all this? Well, the reality is, quite frankly, there are so many things that are more practical than they are anything else, but we tend to overlook that. And so we wanted to address that conversation head on. And so we created a document that really gives really good insight and information about the possible costs of cancer care things to think about, as well as websites and resources that may help to offset some of your cancer costs. You'll find this very helpful. It's available for download right now, Managing the Cost of Cancer Care. It's available at Health, Hope, and Inspiration. And if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit the website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, just before we hear from our guests today, why don't you open the scriptures for us? Our spiritual nugget for today to frame this discussion is found in Psalms 34, verses 1 through 4, and it says this, I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Keep that in mind now as you listen to our guest today, recorded earlier with our host, Reverend Percy McRae. Well, with me now is Kevin Barnes, who is an esophageal cancer patient who treated uh, at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago, who's now post-treatment, just receiving assessment. And he has 
uh, graciously agreed to spend some time with us today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration uh, to share his story. Welcome to the show, my friend. How you doing? Thank you. Doing very good today. Well, it's good to have you with us. And as we continue to provide moments of inspiration and hope and health to people who are battling cancer, uh, we want to hear your story today. So we're going to start right from the beginning. Um, you are an esophageal cancer patient, yes. and you were diagnosed in March of 2016. Is that correct? Yep. Talk to me about the day when you were initially diagnosed and what was going on in your life, and how did you feel and react when you were told you had cancer? Oh, boy. It all started with me uh, having problems swallowing. And okay. as a big man, I was 330 pounds. Anything that prevented me from eating caught my attention. And just so <laughs> I can paint a picture, obviously this is a radio or, or podcast, uh, you sit before me. If if you would have told me that you once weighed 330 pounds, I would not have believed that you look like a, a almost a perfect specimen of, of health and fitness. And you certainly don't look like you ever weighed 330 yeah. pounds. I'm actually healthier now than I was before. That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually at my eighth grade weight right now. Really? Yeah. Wow. And um, so that caught my attention. So I went and got an endoscope to find out what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I found out that I had cancer. They put me on a liquid diet right away. And and I had to start research. Cancer is not in my family. Okay. No history. Um, everything that causes this stuff, natural stuff, I've never gone through. So I had to start doing research. and So you just actually, started doing your homework. Yeah, and learning and asking questions and went to multiple places and, and tried to get questions answered and everything. And um, so I ended up uh, actually uh, a friend of mine suggested, you know, the hospital. And uh, so I came here. and But when I first got it, the, uh, the diagnosis really where I was, is I've been a Christian for 18 years. Okay, so strong believer, long time. I had to come to the point of saying, is this real or not? I had to make a commitment to say, I, you know, I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, you know, I serve and everything. Is this real or not? Hmm. And that's the point where I had to make a decision saying it is or it's not. So let's put a pin right there. And again, and I stop you there only because... Uh, uh, with regard to other interviews that we've done, and, and there's a particular interview that stands out in mind with a uh, uh, a very prominent uh, TV Christian executive. His name is Jerry Rose, and he's given us permission, obviously, to to share his name. And he's done three different interviews with us. And it's interesting uh, that he basically said the same exact thing that you're saying right yeah. now, that he had to sit down one day and and, and ask and answer the question of, what did he really believe and what was the bedrock of his belief and what was that resting upon? I'm hearing you say the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. And what's funny because with the, I always tell people my, my little catchphrase is, I'm half the man physically, but twice the man spiritually. Wow. <laughs> say that one more time. That's an awesome statement. I'm, I'm half the man physically and twice the man spiritually now. Because we need to put that on. We need to put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. what I was thinking about. Yeah, you should. That is <laughs> yeah. really awesome. Yeah, and so for for me to come to that decision, I had to really, you know, dig into my faith and and say, if God's in control, then He's allowed this for a purpose. And I've always taught that you're going to go through circumstances. You're going to go through trials in life. Life happens. Yeah, life happens. And and if God's in control everything good and bad has to go through his hands and so if this is if this is allowed in my life my faith was 
there's two things. How am I going to glorify God in this? Mm. And what am I going to learn? There's always something to learn. So what comes to mind very quickly is Romans 8, 28, mm. that all things, that we know that all things, all A-L-L, all good things, all bad things work together for the good of them mm-hmm. who love God and who are the called according to his purpose. That's what you've just stated. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, and so I took it from, from that point. Uh, and, and that's where my wife was, was, was too. And um, she came to faith the same time I have. And so we, we started this journey then uh, through this. So. so you start your journey. Uh, you do your research. Uh, you find out through um, uh, an, uh, an examination and a, and a procedure, uh, endoscopy, uh, which is a very common procedure. Yeah. And uh, you did that and, and found out that you had cancer as a result of having trouble swallowing. So you knew something was going on right. that prompted that. In that, um, it forced you after you were told that you had cancer that you really needed to dig deep into what is it that you really believed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I often like to tell people, uh, my spiritual mentor many, many years ago challenged me one day and he said, uh, what do you believe and why do you believe it? And then he walked out of the room. He said, when you can answer that question, come back and talk to me. <laughs> and so, and I think it's a profound uh, question for all of us to ask, or or we get forced to ask ourselves, you were put in that scenario with this situation. You and your wife are strong believers, uh, long-term Christians. And so now you do your research, you do your homework, and you start treatment and care. You come to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Did you do chemotherapy, radiation? What did you do? Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, the one thing I did want to just add to that when I first got it to, and, and it's not only a decision about where my faith was at. Okay. The big thing is, that's a, I, I, I've learned that that's a critical junction in your healing. Okay. Uh, when you find out, you can go down two different paths. I have actually met coming to the hospitals and just meeting other and talking to other patients as I did my research and everything, I found that there was, you can be healed physically, but not healed mentally. And hmm. it all comes back to that initial decision when you find out that you have cancer. Okay. There's two different paths you can take. Okay. And there's one that's going to be of hope and, and, and moving forward and fighting. And there's another one of just almost a giving up. Got it. And like I said, people feel healed physically, but not mentally. Okay, and we're going to come back to that. Right, yeah, that's fine. It's it's a profound point that you make, and I've never had this discussion, so I want to I want to delve into that a little bit. So my um, the treatment went through was uh, chemotherapy and radiation. Actually, I I share. I I can't say that everybody's going to go through the same thing, but just uh, I actually end up working still half days while I was going through the six weeks of, of all that. And I, I asked that question only to highlight the fact that there are still some, uh, I think uh, this audience is decreasing more than it has over the past 25 years or so, that as believers and people who are utilizing their faith that still sometimes may struggle with uh, combining the idea that I'm, I'm using my faith and I'm also going to pursue medical clinical procedures and how they can work together uh, harmoniously so i wanted to make sure that yeah. uh, we always make the point that at least it is the position it's my personal position as a as a believer as a christian as a licensed and ordained minister for 27 years and working for uh the organization that sponsors this program uh that everyone should exercise the right to take 
advantage of good clinical medical care and not replace that with the idea of just walking by faith only. So that's yeah. the reason why I want that distinction to be made. So you did both. Yeah. You're you're using your faith and you also pursued clinical medical processes. Yeah. And I had to take a step when I did research, we never wanted to do chemo or radiation. Uh-huh. My thought was I've already got cancer. I already got something bad. I don't want to throw poison into my system. Okay. So I had a big battle with that. Uh, we we actually did research outside the country and stuff about natural processes, things, right? Because we were kind of leaning towards that way of okay. faith and, mm-hmm. and natural mm-hmm. and, and everything. But when you do research, you 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 have to make decisions on on good facts. Okay. So with that being said, so there are two points here, two key points that I want to make sure that we 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 kick that can around a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. stay on this subject. Uh, the first point that you made, we're going to sit, we're going to park that and we're going to come back to it because no I want to talk about this parallel track of making some decisions around mental healing and, and did you say, was it physical healing? You said it was Physi- this. Yeah. Okay. So I want to, so don't lose that thought, but let's it. stay on this path because this is All an right. important school of thought here and, and we talk about it often on the show. I'm curious, and I'm sure there are others who may be sitting listening right now who also may be um, trying to fumble through the idea of quote-unquote natural processes of healing versus medical care and and still may be very indifferent and struggling with that school of thought. How did you, you said you did your research, that your leanings and your inclinations were more on the side of kind of a natural process versus a clinical process, but ultimately you did clinical care. How did you reconcile your initial leanings and and proclivities of thought that then brought you back into the camp of medical treatment and care of your cancer. I think people would be blessed to hear how you worked mm. through that. Yeah, I like I said, naturally I was I was, I was going to go natural first, and not stick any more poison is in. I realized that as much as you look at the research and and everything, that there is people that have never touched chemo or radiation and have been healed mm-hmm. with all natural things. Mm-hmm. But as you do the really dig down to the research and not the kind of the fad stuff and that's everything going on, because there's a wide range of heavy chemicals or heavy natural. As you look in there, you find that cancer, even though you're diagnosed with the same area, same size, same everything, everybody is a individual patient. Sure. You know, one cancer is not the same as the next. That is correct. The way it does and everything. That's correct. So you have to do the research on what's good for you. And as I dug into that, as I was talking to the natural people and we and we looked into that, is some of them said you may end up having to do this. Okay. So there was a there was a gamble of of just going natural and just saying it might work. Right. The big thing that the that drove me to this was uh, when I came to this hospital was the fact that they combined both sides so of it. So now that's what I want that's what I right. was hoping you were going to say yeah. and I didn't want to lead you down right. that I didn't want to miss or drive <laughs> you in that direction because now what we're talking about so let's do a quick recap because this is a very critical point that still has some debate in the marketplace mm-hmm. with um, you know the the natural community then you have the clinical community uh, as I have learned in now 23 years operating in this world, in this environment, in the cancer community, that there are still folks who are still not sure what you should or shouldn't do. So number one, let's recap. 
Cancer is a very individual disease and experience mm-hmm. and unique to each individual person. And that is exactly correct. Just saying that you have esophageal cancer doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the same dynamic for every person that has esophageal right. cancer and that their body reacts, responds and has different dynamics that needs to be looked at and understood. And quite frankly, uh, there are all sorts of um schools of thought now with regard to the medical community that has embraced and understood looking at this from a medical perspective in terms of uh, genomic testing, immunotherapy that kind of addresses this unique personalized precision care unique to the patient and unique to their cancer that may be very different than the person sitting next exactly, to them. Exactly, yeah. So that's number one. So again, everyone needs to be aware of the fact that you are a unique human being and your cancer mm-hmm. is unique to you and your cancer experience is unique to you. Number two is that in doing that research, uh, you were led to under, to be understood and to, to embrace the fact that in finding an organization, a healthcare organization that is sensitive and cognizant to that, that there is medical processes uh, that are involved, but if there can be a balance and a combination of what we call at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, integrative medicine, integrative services, uh, I think what that that's what you're making reference to, uh, that there was a combination of things that was done with good medical clinical care. Yeah, because they knew that the the chemical treatment was going to break down your body and but they counteracted it with nutrition natural naturopathic parts of it. Uh-huh. so that it kind of you know whatever's going to be breaking down they built you up strength wise got it and so that combination you know another big combination was the fact that when i went to natural it was if i was going to have to have surgery or something else i have to go someplace else the big thing that, that really hit me and, and took me down this path was that I have everybody as a team. Under one roof. Under one roof. Available to if you. If I have surgery, my oncologist, my nutrition, my naturopath, my body, spiritual, mind person, everybody was on the same in the same building. Your pastoral care other. representative. Yeah. All, they're all talking to each other and, you're, and you have availability to them. You're not looking for them. They're all here available right. to you at one time. It's not that I have to worry about one place trying to contact okay. another place. And yep. so that was a huge thing that... that and again, so what you've just described, again, is what we call integrative uh, services and, and support services with regard to the approach to cancer. And I think that that is an important distinction that people should be be mindful of and mm-hmm. aware of when they begin to pursue the process of, of a care plan. And I appreciate you really enumerating that. We're going to come back and we're going to continue this conversation. Okay. All right. Thank you, Percy. In just a moment, we will return to your conversation with Kevin Barnes. But first, I want to take a moment to encourage our listeners to visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, back to your conversation with Kevin now. Man, oh man, oh man, I'm excited to come back uh, with part two of my interview with Kevin Barnes. You raised a very interesting point that I don't think we've ever had discussion about with regard to, from your perspective, your your POV point of view, having to 
make and come to terms with making a decision about either being mentally healed or physically healed or both at the same time. Let's talk about from your perspective, this is your concept and idea, but I, I'm intrigued about it and I think that there's something that, that has value here. Let's restate how you got to this point and where where you were and then let's talk about, and let's break that apart and let's talk about what does that mean. When I first got diagnosed with cancer and I had to make that decision, and like I said, I came back to say, is my faith real? Where I really had to come down to was hope. And it's not the hope that everything's going to be okay, but it's the hope that when things are not okay, okay. which is life, it is that there's a hope that's not going to change. Okay. That's where when you get cancer, you have to make a, a mental decision because there's two different paths that you'll go down. Okay, let's talk about that. Okay, so there's there's a positive hope and there's a and there's a negative hope. And, oh. and as I shared, that you can get healed physically, but not healed mentally. So what does that mean? So because again, that's, right. that's what does that mean from your perspective? So you're doing well. You receive treatment and care, etc. And physically, your body is responding favorably and doing well. But mentally, you're still, when you say not heal, what does that mean yeah. from your perspective? Each and every day of cancer, even though I went to work, you know, I worked in the morning and I did treatments in the afternoon, which a lot of people were surprised with that. Sure. Um, my actual healing of my body and everything. Um, it was a day-by-day fight. I'm not saying every day was a, was a great day. Okay. But I had to take each day and really just say, what is it going to take to get through this? I had to play mental games of saying, okay, I've got six weeks of chemotherapy. Okay. Or I have six weeks of radiation. Mm-hmm. If I look at that in that context, it's overwhelming. Got it. You have to take things day by day. You start breaking down. You start playing these games saying, you know what? Technically, I have six weeks of radiation, but I don't do it on weekends. So really, I'm only looking at 30 days. Got it. You know, so you play these little games. And, and, and it's just when you have those down times, you've got to turn back to something that's going to be solid. Okay. Because you don't know what the next steps are going to be. You don't know what tomorrow is going to be, but I need to take care of today. Okay. One of the aspects, a huge thing was that was was Psalms. Okay. Um, I, I lived through the Psalms through this whole experience. Got it. Because Psalms was nothing more than people going through tough times, and but then turning their eyes off of what they're going through True. and back to that solid hope that's okay. not going to change. All right. So let me see if I can recap and, and, and synthesize this because... While you're doing treatment, you're, you're physically responding. Your body is reacting and responding to your treatment and your care. But the day-to-day, moment-to-moment, second-to-second grind of going through that process, and we have talked about this a little bit on the show previously, can take its toll upon you mentally. Yes. And dare I also say emotionally, because again, your emotions theoretically are tied to you know mentally what's going on with you. So you, you can feel depressed or sad or tired, lonely, et cetera. That uh, you're, what I'm hearing you say is that while your body is and has and was responding favorably to your treatment and your care, you have to also, um, kind of do some mental manipulation with yourself with regard to looking at the clock differently, looking at the calendar, breaking things down in in smaller bite-sized pieces so that you're not 
looking at this big, gigantic picture. My mom used to say to me all the time that there's only one way to eat an elephant. Right. And that's a piece at a time. Because <laughs> yeah. if you try to swallow him whole, you'll choke to death. Yeah. So I'm hearing you say then that you, you've, you've got this physical track and, and you may be reacting and responding favorably, but there's still this mental track that you still have to give some time and attention to and some management of with regard to how your uh, how what your focus is, what you're thinking about, and how you're actually pursuing and processing the day-to-day, moment-to-moment, second-to-second, treatment-by-treatment process of being a cancer patient. Yeah. And, you know, and this is where the faith comes back, too, is you can't just sit there and always say, you know what, I'm just going to stay positive. You know, you got to have something, you know, you're going to have those days that you're going to be down. And and you got to have, and this is where it comes back to me looking at my faith again. Okay. Was I had to come to the point that God may be calling me home. And I had to get to a point to be okay with that. Okay. As Paul said, yep. if you leave me here, that's okay. Yep. If you take me, that's okay. And I had to come to that point. Because again, what I'm really now, now we're getting to the meat of the coconut. And again, we're, we're, we're uh, again, previous interview with Jerry Rose, same conversation that resolving that if today or this week or this month is my last, resolving from a spiritual perspective at the core of your foundation I'm going to transition to be in eternity. And again, from a Christian school of thought, everybody does not necessarily embrace that theological mm-hmm. perspective, but from a Christian school of thought that I'm going, and you, you use the, the correct scripture, you know, Paul <laughs> said that I'm, the, the King James translation says that I'm in a straight twix between two, he said, is the mm-hmm. exact language, <laughs> that to stay here or to go be with the Lord, you know, he said, and so he, he's, he's, he's talking about this dichotomy of coming to terms with living or going on and being with, you know, being in, in paradise and, and being in eternity with the Lord, that he reconciled himself to that. He came to a resolution, and that's what I'm hearing you say. And I think it's important because at some point, uh, because tomorrow theoretically is not promised to anyone and certainly right. not to a cancer patient, uh, that becomes a very critical and crucial moment of we've we've got to sit down, when I say we, me, myself, and I, we've got to sit down and have a little diatribe with each other and come to terms with something despite whatever our circumstances are or are not. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing you mm-hmm. say. Okay. It was funny because I actually, uh, I've had com- many conversations with the Lord. <laughs> and um, one was, it's like, you know what? I've got all eternity to spend with you. Mm. If you want, you know, if, if it's okay, if you want me to do some more, you know, work down here, I'm okay with staying here too. Mm-hmm. Another thing with the mental aspect, too, and, and I just want to kind of encourage people in this, too, is your caregiver. Your caregiver is very important in this. And the thing you have to understand with the caregiver is the caregiver themselves has to have support. Absolutely. You know, I had another lady that was in our church that met with my wife. And because I told my wife, going through this, and this is part of the mental, is I'm not going to be here to support my wife. And as a husband, you know, you're always there leader of the home, you know, and support your wife. But to realize that I'm not going to be able to be that support and be honest with that. So my wife had to have somebody. So there was a lot of times like before I went into surgery or when I was going through some, I would just, I would call up this lady and say, is my wife okay? Like before surgery, is my wife okay? She'd give me thumbs up. 
And then I'd say, okay, then I'm okay. Yeah, because caregivers have to be cared for as well. Exactly. And and the and the patient can't be the caregiver of the caregiver. Right. So and we talk about this on the show all that we have several shows that is dedicated simply to talking about caring for the caregiver. So yeah. thank you for enumerating that point. I want to go back to this point because yeah. I think it's important. I've actually preached about it, and that is and you help me from your perspective. I've never been a cancer patient. So again, I'm theorizing and I'm only working <laughs> off of what people have said to me. Yeah. Now, that's a lot of people and that's a lot of uh, stories in 23 years that I think I have some pretty good research yep. in my back pocket, <laughs> but I've never walked this path. But let me throw this out as a as a potential hypothesis and you tell me if it's correct and then you can enumerate on it. Okay. When you make the decision, when you are forced to make that decision with you yourself and and then your creator and resolve, okay, if today's my last day, if this is my last week or my last month, whatever, and and I do not survive this process, that I've I've reconciled myself that I'm gonna spend the rest of eternity with you. I'm using your language. Mm-hmm. My hypothesis is this that when a person makes that resolution and then settles that then they are free at that point not to worry about dying, but now they can focus on just living at that point. Is that fair? Exactly. Or is that accurate? Help me out. Yeah, I'm actually, to tell you the truth, I'm probably living more now after I made that decision. I'm freer. Um, you know, it's, it's funny how the truth will set you free. It's, it's such a true statement. Yeah. And, and yeah, and there's just so many little things that come out of that. Once you come to that decision, God opens up some insight that you never had it's amazing before. Mm-hmm. You know, um, simple scripture and stuff, and and just to realize that this whole scenario is about God. Yes, you know, and so there's there's just simple scriptures and stuff that just come to life now. Here's my thought, and I've never been faced with this. That's why I'm saying it's a theory on my behalf. That if you're not so busy being fearful of dying. When you can t- when you can take that baggage and sit it down and leave mm-hmm. it there, when you've resolved that with your belief that because for believers, we're not dying, we're just transitioning to a greater reality. Mm-hmm. So when we resolve that piece, because I believe the fear of death actually is what is killing many people. Yeah. When we resolve that, then we can be mentally, emotionally, and physically freed up to channel all of our energy toward living at that point. There's a very different dynamic. It's sort of the dynamic of what I hear about people who are uh, what they call uh, uh, daredevils and first responders. They think very little about the well-being of themselves in terms of dying as a fireman, as a police officer, or these folks that do all it, climb a mountain and swim with the sharks. They have resolved that, well, okay, if, if I die doing this, that's okay. So there, there's this all of this other energy that they channel toward the activity of just basically being freed up to do what it is that they want to do. I think that there's some truth to that with regard to dealing with the dynamic of sickness and disease, that once I have resolved from a faith perspective that I'm going to spend eternity with my Lord and my God. So if I die today, that's what's going to ultimately happen to me. I sit that baggage off to the side now, and I'm not focusing on being fearful of dying. I channel all of my energy now on living. Yeah, and and that's exactly. And and it, it kind of reminds me back to what uh, somebody gave me this book. Uh, John Elridge uh, wrote a book called mm. called uh, Waking the Dead. Uh, Waking the Dead. He is a great author. Yeah, and 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 the, the the whole concept of this is the fact that the abundant life that is promised to us, we we don't experience that. 
And I think that is exactly what we're where it's taken me right now. Got it. We don't live that abundant life because we're we're kind of just going through the motions. We're we're, we're captured by the fear. Yeah, yeah. And and that's easier said than done. So exactly let's be clear right. about no, this. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I don't right. want to say that very cavalierishly. That's easier said than done. Yes. But that's what it sounds like that you have done, and that's what you are doing. Right. And I'm still growing in it. Okay. As, yeah, okay. As I do it. it, yeah. There's a lot of things that God has opened my eyes to. I still have to learn to do it though. Got it. You know, but uh, the 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 insight has been. You know, when I've grown spiritually, I've grown spiritually on insight not i'm still working sure you know taking you know day by day the the, the walk and everything but that's the thing is the abundant life the the that, that he's promised us um, we have moments of it but we don't really experience it until and i think that's a huge hurdle that we got to get over so with the last 30 seconds that we have one big thing uh, we talked before the interview. You said there were so many things that you've learned and you've yeah. gleaned from your experience. One thing that you'd like to leave the audience that you've learned from this experience that has made you a different person than you were before you started down this path. A couple things. Uh, one that, that God has, has really worked on me is, it's funny, it's from Ezekiel, and, and it talks about, I've taken that heart of stone mm. and given you a heart of flesh. Yes. I've served and I've and I'm given and and everything, but uh, he's opened up a, a huge amount of compassion for me. Okay. The 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 big thing is I, I don't say that everybody has to do radio shows and and all this stuff and everything. Share your story. Yeah. It's hard to share your story and to relive what you've gone through. Okay. But it's part of the healing process. That's probably one of the biggest things I'm learning right now. Wow. Is it's every time I share and have to go through what I've gone through, it hurts. It it brings up bad memories. But every time when I get done, there's a healing to it. I pray and hope that you have received a huge element of healing today because yes. you have shared <laughs> some amazing things with this audience. Continue to share your story. Bless you, my friend. Thank you. Percy, I know you have more to share with Kevin in just a moment, but let me remind everyone that with hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, Percy, back to you for more of the conversation with Kevin here now. You, you started sharing with me that the Lord was, was taking you down a path and, and, and doing some other things with you. What is it that you believe God is directing you to do now with your life that's very different than what you were doing before or during your treatment? Where are you going, man? Well, I, as, as I share this story, I, I really believe that there was, a, there was an aspect of my faith and where he's taken me that I had to go through cancer for him to break 
down some things. Say it one more time. I don't believe because people are not gonna, there are people are not going to believe this unless they hear that from a cancer patient. Say it again. There's some things that, that I had to have cancer to uh, for the Lord to break down some things mm. in me to move forward. Um, I always share and uh, that I never want to do this again, but I don't regret going through this for the work that he's he's done in my life. I cannot tell you how often I've heard this in 23 yeah. years. And I tell people this who are outside of the cancer community and outside of the cancer conversation, and they look at me like I fell out of a window. And I said, I'm telling you, I've heard cancer patients say, cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. Cancer was a blessing. I would not have volunteered for this. Lord knows I wouldn't want to do this again. But, but as a result of, there are things that have happened to me. There are things that have been opened up to me. There have been things that the Lord has shared with me there have been things that i have been exposed about myself that if i had to do this again it would be worth doing for what the outcome was on the other side of this experience yes so before i had cancer um the lord put me down a path of going into uh seminary start taking seminary classes so i started taking online classes at liberty university for about three three or four years i have a full-time job so um i just took them a little bit at a time and everything and um one quick story just to show how the Lord works is when I found out that I had cancer and I had to start doing research and life changes mm. and everything, I was just finishing up a class and I had a paper and a final exam to write in the middle of finding out that I had cancer. Wow. I did the research on cancer and everything. And when it came to the final exam in my paper and everything, there was a piece that the Lord gave me. I had one of the best test results on my final exam. Wow. That he took everything off my plate and got me through that last class to, to, to do that. That's amazing. And then I went back to, okay, what am I going to do with cancer? Yeah. But yeah. he let me finish. So I, I took off of school for a while okay. on that. Okay. Uh, after the cancer treatment, and uh, I can testify there is a such thing as a chemo brain. I've heard that. Um, there's a lot of things that you... Yep. <laughs> um, I got back to school. And I started taking a class, and through the changes of, as I shared, the compassion and just changing my life of going through of how I look at things sure. and stuff like that, he actually led me down this path of going into biblical counseling. Interesting. And so I stepped out of seminary classes, and now I'm in taking classes for biblical counseling. Okay. I truly believe that is where the Lord has got me to end up in what capacity or anything i don't know because yeah, you're still walking that journey out right now yes i am learning and 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 not only learning about others but i'm learning a lot about myself so let's back up for a second because i want to just be clear because sometimes we throw out some some clinical kind of medical stuff this is not a medical show we do not give medical advice on this show mm-hmm. for anyone that is listening to this please make sure that you sit down and have a thorough conversation with your treating physician about your unique medical condition mm-hmm. that being said you threw the term out uh, chemo brain from your perspective what is chemo brain what was chemo brain to you what did that what was that effect? chemo brain is sometimes you, everything's a little bit fuzzy okay you don't do anything precision i was actually i was tearing my house apart when i found out that i had cancer got it i started back working on my house after i was healed okay i made some really bad precision cuts got it <laughs> um okay. yeah 
you you don't um, things are just not clicking. Your memory's a little bit foggy okay. sometimes. That's what that is. So fair enough. So for people who had ne- have never heard that term or are not sure what that means, from your perspective, that's what chemo brain is. Yeah. And of course, that can be for some cancer patients some some element of a side effect as a result of taking chemotherapy. Yes. In some cases, it's just clearing okay. out fuzziness. Right. So moving forward. So now uh, you started down this path. You were doing seminary training. You were taking online courses. Uh, you began to learn things about you, yourself, others, and you believe now that that the Lord has has leading you in the direction of possible biblical counseling. Yes. Though that is still very much in its very early stages, you're not really sure exactly how all of that is going to play out, and I think that's the beauty of this conversation. For you, what 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 is that journey like for you? Because, again, it sounds like you've been kind of an active guy. You've done a lot of different things. And going down this path, what what is that uh, evolving into, and what, is that, what does that mean to you, and how has your – your brain, your mind, your heart, and your spirit. You said that that the Lord gave you a heart of flesh. What's happening to you? What What's the transformation that's taking place? Because it sounds like that you're still in the process of transformation, and that's a great thing. Yes. What say you about your transformation? The One of the things that's, you know, like I said, I've always served. Um, I work with the food pantry. Mm-hmm. Um, I build, I have a ministry that I run that I build beds for families who do not have beds. Okay. You know, and so I'm always serving in that capacity sure. and everything, but I'm serving as a, if you want to say it really, as a duty. Got it. Um, now I'm starting to really see the people. Mm. God is opening up a discernment to me. The interesting thing is when I had surgery, I actually had my entire stomach removed. Okay. And that's a whole different story about how it was all lined up because it was not the original surgery I was supposed to have. Okay. But the healing happened so quick that I was up doing prayer walks by myself two days after surgery on the floor. Okay. And God was showing me these families as I walk past families that were standing there hurting. Okay. And I would stop and pray. Mm. And I actually end up talking with people. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'm doing right now, and, and like I said, is is um, I'm part of the care network. Okay. I talk to patients that are exactly where I was. Okay. And I'll tell you what, that's the best. I love doing the radios, the newspapers and everything. They're they're fun and they're and they're good. Doing the interviews I, and the interviews. Yeah, okay. I love talking to the one on one and helping that person get started on the right path. Praise God. Um so that's a huge thing. Um the compassion it was funny because I've actually shared that I have cried in sadness and in joy more since this happened than all my life. Wow. Yeah. So it's and that's why I said is is I think when they took out the stomach they put that heart of flesh in. Yeah. So luckily the insurance covers all that still so <laughs> <laughs> Well in in, in in a very interesting way, you know, if I can phrase it this way, there was there was a transfer that took place. Yeah. You know, it may not have been a literal transfer, but there was a spiritual transfer of it was actually addition by subtraction. When something was removed, there was something that was added to you. And that's really how God does business in so many mm-hmm. wonderful ways in our life that you literally are evolving into, um, and I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but uh, 
a very different human being in terms of how you see people. The scripture that comes to mind is that uh, it says that Jesus looked upon, uh, as he looked out upon the people, he was moved from the bowels of compassion mm -hmm. as he looked at the people who were being scattered as a, a sheep without a shepherd, that, th that he looked at the sheep as needing someone to tend to them. And, and serve them and, and be kind to them because that's what a shepherd does, that he cares for the flock. And I'm not saying that you're going to be a pastor or anything like yeah. that, and you're not saying that, but there is a, there is a spirit of empathy that, that is taking place in you that, that you are enjoying and now experiencing talking one-on-one -on -one with cancer patients, looking upon people and, and having an empathy upon them that's very different than what you may have done previously that may have been done more out of a sense of duty that exactly. really has really, it's just, it's, it's changing you as an individual as you're moving forward as a result of being a cancer patient. And one of the things that, and, and where he's taken me is, you know, <clears throat> I looked up other Christian counselors. Sure. Because I'd like to get some kind of mentor or something as I'm going through this, sure. you know, and everything. And I realized that there's they charge large amounts to as in this counseling environment okay. and everything. And the first thing the Lord spoke to me is the people who really need this can't afford this. Mm. And the Lord spoke to me, says, This is why you have your job right now, is so that you can meet the people who can't afford wow. this. So that's as far as he's taken me. Okay, but and that's just, pretty far, my friend. And I'm just waiting for you know the rest of the road now. So, <laughs> well, Kevin, here's what I'm going to say. Listen, after now three segments of talking to you, um, I'm riveted to you, to your personage, and I'm riveted to your story. And I want to salute you, my friend. I want to say thank you for your journey. Thank you for your experience and thank you for what God, what you are allowing God to do yes. in you right now. I feel blessed. And so I'm going to make this <laughs> declaration over you right now. The best is still yet to come. Oh, yeah. Hang on and hang in there. Let's stay in touch. Uh, let's do some follow up at another time and see yeah. what, what the Lord is doing with you, maybe in another year or whatever. Thank you for spending time with us on Health, Hope and Inspiration. This has been Kevin Barnes, Esophageal a cancer patient who treated at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago, currently receiving just follow-up assessment, was diagnosed in March 2016, who is literally out now touching and being moved by compassion on people very much like himself, blessing individuals. Today, my friend, we call you blessed and prospered. Thank you. Percy, I'm so grateful you brought that conversation to us, uh, our listeners here on the podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. We'll talk more about it in just a moment, but let me point out that if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. And you can do that by calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. 
Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. And also at that website is our free resource this week, Managing the Cost of Cancer Care. You can download this right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, you bring us such interesting people to the program, and we learned a lot from Kevin today. Well, what we learned from this particular patient, as with many people with cancer, they become very introspective. They begin to think about things that they hadn't thought about and have different conversations with God that they hadn't. For example, one of the things that stood out here with uh, uh, this particular interview uh, and a catchphrase that he mentioned, he said, I'm now half the man physically I was, mm-hmm. but I'm twice the man spiritually now. <laughs> that's something. It's a great perspective. Yeah. And again, who who thinks of that and who comes to that point except when they're brought to a place of really having to make some really tough choices around what am I, have, where have I been, and what do I choose to be as a result of this experience now? And so that was one of the things that was pretty interesting. Another thought that he threw out there, Wayne, that I thought was very interesting is that he had to learn that a cancer patient cannot support a caregiver. Can't be a caregiver of a caregiver. Can't be a caregiver of a caregiver. And it is so true because the cancer patient is solely focused on their on their well-being. They can't give care. They don't have any care to give to anyone because they're all focused around uh, what they need to do mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. So understanding that distinction and understanding that dichotomy was a huge learning experience experience for him and something that I think people will be blessed to hear. Yeah. Well, Kevin, if you're listening right now, thank you for sharing with Percy here on the program today. We really learned a lot from you, so I appreciate it a great deal. Our website is healthhopeandinspiration.com. Go there to download our free resource, Managing the Cost of Cancer Care. And while you're there, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page. If you are a pastor or a church leader, sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network there at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, you want to circle back to that scripture? We close strong with the scripture that we opened up with, Psalms 34, 1 through 4. I will extol the Lord at all times, not sometimes, not every once in a while, all times, the Word of God says. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glorify in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, verse 4. And he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. That's what we heard today from this gentleman. And thanks be unto God for his willingness to allow God to use him as such. All right. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. You get warmed up because in just a moment, I'm going to sign off with you. But I want our listeners to go online to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And what are you going to do? I got to go chop some wood. Some more people I've got to go talk to. More stories to get. All right. That's Percy. And I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person. 
body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.